Tootsies. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I'm proud of that man who died, who gave that right to me. And I proudly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Dude, hella choice with the reverb, Steve. Yeah, nice job, dude. That's it. Um, we are here with the incredible, vivacious, beautiful Ruthie Brozick and Sarah Corbett. Um, we've been friends for a very long time. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the How Goods This podcast. We put up the American flag because we guys know that you are two distinct patriots. Yes. <laughs> Ruthie goes quiet. Um we wanted to have you guys on this because for a few reasons. One, um, you're both therapists. Now you you've massaged for come on, ten years. Nineteen. Nineteen uh, years. Fourteen. I'm still yet to get one from either of you. Ha. Oh, dude. Too late. It's ha- that's what <laughs> I heard. Tired? I haven't even. A- I don't. Can't even ask anymore. You were reti- you retired, Sarah. I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Good on you. Um, and I want to I want to touch a little bit on that because I. Personally, with music, feel like sometimes I, I'm more of a therapist than I am like a entertainer. I'm attempting to try and kind of make people disappear, relieve them of stress and pain. And and many of the times when when I was living in Chuila, we met in Chuila, Sarah and Ruth, we met in Chuila, and I would come in after a tour, and you wonderful creatures would just <laughs> let me v- uh, mouth vomit like diarrhea mouth words all over you for like three hours. It's like, it's messy. and then this happened and then this happened. And all the while you were just kind of getting all of this out of me. Um, two questions. One, uh, how often does that happen where you have to actually play a verbal therapist versus a um, physical therapist? I would say at about 80% of the time. Yeah. 80% of the I'd time. I, yeah. I prefer to not talk at all. Yeah. You prefer there people like that? There are Julians in our life, too. I, I prefer people to... Either is fine, but you get a better massage if you're being quiet when you're laying on the table. Mm. Tell me yeah. if I'd get a good massage, because I don't want to talk, and I just want to be tickled. I literally don't want hard or anything. Like just, You would hate just a like massage from us. Yeah, you wouldn't like well, it. Well, you could go you. soft. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, would you, prefer, would you be like, yeah, this is awesome. I don't have to really, like... Use my fingertips yeah. hard. You just go soft. Yeah. Would you prefer that, or just no, or call me a oh f- yeah, absolutely. If it's easy, I would prefer that people just said what they wanted yeah. instead of laying there and hating every minute of it, mm. and then leaving yes. and going, "I'll never go back yeah, there." That, that was terrible. Was terrible. Yeah, and then you get a Yelp review from yeah. it. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> they mm-hmm. they took eight of my mints. Exactly. <laughs> How can they leave a two star and take sixteen Jolly Ranchers? Those stinky little boobies. I don't like them. Um, so, I've always wondered this, you know, uh, because you're both you're not gigantic human beings, right? You're very compact. I, you know, I'm six foot one. Julian's five four, I think. Um, but you're strong. Super yeah. strong, and um, is it leverage? Are you like, are you in the garage doing these ones? Like, are you throwing the Kirby puckets? Like, how do you keep that hand strength? It's conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't been working much at all. So, if I were to go back at it, it would be weeks of probably having headaches, and uh, stomach aches, and mm, joint pain. Like, that's why you're not doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. No, she. No, I'm just too lazy, and I want to travel. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So They're you guys doing. just got back from the old Kirkies, and you both travel quite a bit. Sarah, you you have a RV. You and your husband Paul, yeah. one of my best buds in the world. You guys travel like um, like youngsters. You had kids really young, and uh, and now you're like in the salad days. Yeah, cruising <laughs> around. Yeah, we're getting ready to take off on Sunday and. We don't know for how long, but at least till Thanksgiving. Did you sell your house? We sold our house. Well, it hasn't sold, but we have a contract on it. So, and hopefully. Where, where are you, you, how long are you leaving for? Uh, this time we're going to be gone probably till 
Thanksgiving, but if we're having a good time, we don't we don't have to be back. So that's the coolest. Yeah, yeah. that's it's pretty, so cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, we've been in your casita. That thing is Who crazy. Who hasn't been in that casita? <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, you want to. I feel like yeah. things were invented in there. Like, yeah. It's uh, it's quite compact. Um, are you you grew up? The, another reason, the second reason why I wanted to guys have you on the show, not only so we could just have an excuse to like drink Perrier and some Heinies and and it's tell fart serious. jokes, but you guys have an ex- extremely interesting upbringing. You came from California, uh, you and your folks, and 13 siblings. Am I right? 11. At that oh. point, there were 10 siblings in the van. 10, 10 siblings in a, in a van, mm-hmm. like a 40 Conaline or something. Yeah. And you packed your folks packed you up, and moved to Colville, yes, which is north yeah. north of here, about an hour and a half, right? Mm-hmm. That area. Yeah. Give us the rundown. What was the What was the idea? Why did we do it? What, what, why did you guys get in that van and move that way? Well, our story is that we our parents had some kids that were mid teens and were starting to get into the drug scene and down in San Diego. So, and then some other financial things, and my parents decided, hey, we're gonna pack up the kids, get a year's leave of absence from the school district, and just travel, try to find a place we want to live that's not urban. Mm. And so we did. We left in August and headed north. It rained every single day. We decided to drive south till we got to Sunshine, and we ended up all getting the flu in Spokane. And my dad (laughs) didn't for some reason, and so he just started looking for property and he found 20 acres on the side of a mountain way out of Colville and he fell in love and we ended up there. Hold on, hold on. All right. So to understand your guys' story well, we have to understand the type of people that your parents are because in order to have 13 children, you got to be some type of Catholic. Catholic, very Catholic. Catholic. Where do you guys fall? I'm number nine. And I'm 11 of 13. Do you even know who who you are siblings are? (laughs) (laughs) Did you? How do you keep track of them? Growing up, like so, like all right, like were your parents young when they had kids? Did they when they started? Did they expect to have thirteen kids? Were they like we're having a ton? What was that? Have you talked to them about that? I think our I think our mom was twenty four when our oldest brother was born, which would have made dad twenty eight, right? Some, yeah, yeah, we don't know exactly. Would, but what, like, what, what was the what is the impetus to keep having kids after three, four, five, six? Catholic. There yeah. was no that, impetus. Julian <laughs> might not understand when you say Catholic. Oh. So yeah, the Catholic, the, the Catholic ideology is you the the Lord opens and closes the womb according to His will, meaning no condoms, no birth yeah, control, no contraceptives. N- no contraceptives whatsoever. If God wants you to have 52 kids, then <laughs> the woman bears the brunt of that situation <laughs> and has 52 kids. And that's like, well, Catholics are that way. Uh, the Mormon religion is that way. Mm-hmm. Like more, more um, consecutive, secular, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Newer age models of Christianity don't they're not yeah. too much too much strained on that, but uh, definitely Catholics are all like about our family was probably the end of that big huge Catholic family thing. Yeah, you don't you don't often meet Catholics anymore that have huge families. So then it's safe to assume that you you all grew up in a religious family that values no, were. I wouldn't say that. Uh, they got excommunicated when I was three. Yeah. So Before I was born. So Sarah so. was even born. Yeah. Question about that. If you get excommunicated from a religion, how do they communicate to you that you got excommunicated? Well, the story I heard is the priest just basically told him, don't come back. We don't have the answers you're looking for. And that was it. Dude. If only they were that honest to everybody who right? went to service. <laughs> like, listen, I would go. I would. I would go to. I would go to service much more frequently if people were just like, "Look, dude, the potato salad is tight." But other than that, we have no answers because <laughs> so, the potato salad is usually tight. At a, tr- tr- he's a heathen. He's never been to church. So yeah, he's I just. Went, I went to church when I was a kid, but I just ate the donuts and drank the hot chocolate. I didn't listen to shit. It was Catholic church too. I'm now by my favorite people here. <laughs> um, okay, so you, you pack up in your Ford Conaline. Your dad, um, 
chain smoking Paul Malls all the way up the, the, the California western coast. You end up in Spokane. Everybody gets uh, early onset cocoa, and he um, goes find some land. And decides we're gonna. We're, this is where we're going. We're moving everybody up here. Well, he let us vote. Oh, took us really? All up there, we're all like three days into the flu, and he goes, "So, what do you think?" It's like we, we can vote to stay or go, and we're also sick of being wet and packed in this van. It's like we love it. Let's yeah. stay. Oh, dude, democratic. That's not very Catholic. <laughs> well, you know, they've been, been out for a while. So, like, this doesn't even make any sense for me then, because if you're like you're saying, like, we had 13 kids because we were Catholic, but then they got excommunicated, and then you're democratic about your decision. What? Here's the thing, Julian. Catholic you can be excommunicated from the Catholic, but if you have been born and bred and mm. raised Catholic, yeah. you're gonna continue. You are based. still in the deep thick yeah. of it. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. But you also were. You, you said you were 11. Sarah. Yeah. And so were they, your folks were excommunicated when you were alive? No, before I was was born. Before you were born. Okay. Um, so you're up Colville forest area. Um, (laughs) you, your dad builds your family home. Well, we all did. You all did. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I think it was the first, first of September when they bought the land and He's like, we got to build a cabin. We're going to live here. So yeah. First and we're not going to use power tools. We're not using power tools. Oh we're going to do it. We're going to do it like the pioneers. The, yeah. So we got a two-man saw and an and adze and an axe and oh draw my. knives for peeling what's logs. The, what's the age difference happening between all the kids that are there doing this with you guys? Let's see. Chrissy was two. Mom was pregnant. Chrissy was two. And David was... I was nine, so he was probably 20, 22 or twenty-three. Or oh, okay, yeah. so he was he was old enough to like actually. The, you yeah. had kids in the family who were old enough to actually throw some muscle. Oh, we all oh, did. We, we all, all did. yeah. We I remember to, peeling yeah. logs with these Scraping knives. Scraping the pulp and, off at the butcher yeah. knives. Nine. I was five. Five. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Get to work. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so thirty days. We got the cabin assembled and roof on and doors and windows in what? and it it started snowing that year on the 30th the day so we were moving magical. out of our tents in the van into the cabin it started snowing when you look back on that period of your life how do you how does it make you feel for me being five was like a camp trip so it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun yeah. yeah yeah i didn't see so the like, the hassle of it all that it must have been for my parents these but. are like some of your first memories that you're even developing yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm what a trip was it was it um were you guys pretty close already as a family at that point or did that like just suck you in especially it was what a one bedroom cabin like just one room 20 by 20 oh my god it had a loft it had a loft yes we were fancy (laughs) where was your dad's headspace with all of that and like you guys were just probably listening to him and doing kind of as you were told right or or what was that what was that my mom was pretty uh headstrong so okay. it was like it was a family thing yeah um and it was just something that had to get done and we we knew it was expected of us to help but just, was it like a was it like a financial thing where it was like oh, we don't have enough money to get a, a night like a oh, buy a house it sounded like your dad like didn't want to get tools, didn't want to do this. Like, what was his reason? He had for... a romantic notion of wilderness life. Mm. And he really wanted to build a cabin in the woods and live in the woods like the pioneers. Wow. And we don't know if our mom shared that dream or not, but you'd have to ask our brother David. He might know better. <laughs> but yeah. that's, he really wanted to do that. And so this was his chance, and we did it. I would imagine that you're the the character building that must have came out of that experience, though. Um, granted, back in those days, you nowadays kids are like video games and iPads and Jolly Twelve Jolly Ranchers from you guys' massage studio. <laughs> like I feel personally, and I'm in my thirties. I feel so soft. I feel like I have not interacted at all with hardship. Like I'm so quick to just complain and and uh navel gaze as my dad would call it like you know kind of looking and i think it's because i haven't received any legitimate hardship i don't know what it's like to to kill my own food and prepare it i don't know what it's like to build my own shelter or live out in the elements for more than three hours and i would imagine that experience gave you guys 
some amount of character, even though you were probably pretty young. What do you think it taught you if you were to look back at it? It gave me appreciation for light switches on the wall uh, and a flush, flush toilet in yeah. the house. Running water. <laughs> How, running, running warm that, water. Yeah. Did you have any of those things in that cabin? We had running, not the first winter, we had running cold water after that. We never did have but running But wait, wait, wait. The cold water was only from about April to October, and then it froze, and yeah. then you had to we bucket had to it. bucket water from Five the Five-gallon creek. buckets yeah. from the creek. Yeah. How far away was the creek? Was that a hike? Well, it seemed like 10 it, miles, yeah. but it was probably like 500 yards. Yeah. Were you ever, it Was this is all you knew, so you didn't have any real reference for what, what else was, Well, right? I knew, because I was nine. Were you guys, were you guys yeah. going to school and stuff? The first year we lived there, we didn't go to school. Dad was going to homeschool us. <laughs> Well, what, what's that? <laughs> that what, what, I learned that? how to spell thermometer. I can't do that <laughs> in a year. <laughs> that, that's what you learned that year. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Do it. Spell it. T H E R M. Fuck. O T. I don't fucking know. Dude. That's not <laughs> right. That's, that's not right. Not right. Oh. Can you go? Can you help us, Ruth? O M. T H E R M O M E T E R. That's not like it's just, it's just phonetic. It just is thermometer. Then why couldn't you do it, Julie? Because I fucking was thinking in my brain. You spent a year learning how to write fucking I thermometer. was nine. <laughs> she was well, nine. I'm 34 and I'm fucking dumb. All right. Um. So, uh, how long did you, did you guys live there forever? Like until you left the the home? We lived out there about 11 years. And then, Total, yeah. and then moved. Did you? Yeah, mom. Mom finally was done. She's like, "We're out of here. I'm leaving. We're going to town." Did you sell the cabin? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. didn't keep it in the family. Is the cabin still there? Can we go get oh, some yes. b some b roll footage of the cabin? You could. It's pretty much a pack rat motel now, but it's still standing. Okay, so you didn't have running water. You did you have a toilet? No. An outhouse. No, you had an outhouse. Yes. God, that's epic. And then the famous walk us, slot can you, bucket. Can you just walk us through like a day in the life of your child, your childhood in in those days when you weren't going to school? Like, what were you waking up and doing? Sledding. Yes, sledding. That first winter snowing. was all about sledding and coming mm. from Southern California. Uh -huh. It was like, wow, this is great. Yeah, we so, got tons of snow that first winter. Granted, I was only five, but there was. Like seven or eight feet of snow. It was a, snow. Lot. Oh it was a lot. And we One were having, winters. yeah, having to get firewood. And I remember that having to get firewood with this big sled my dad built. And he was like, "Make sure you stay on the sled, Sarah, because if you fall off, I don't want to lose you underneath the snow." So that was my job: is to hold on to the sled. Jesus, I don't remember that. <laughs> so, um, and this, you may not be able to know this because I would imagine. How old were you when your folks passed? I was twenty-two. 23 when my dad died. Okay. And then 33 when mom died. So So there's a chance you may not know this, but like as you have an amount of I have one child, you guys obviously know Rudy. Um I am like like him going anywhere without me or Taz watching him. Now granted Taz would tell you otherwise. She's like, "You're you'd let him you let him go out on, you know." But um <laughs> The more kids you have, is it just like, well, you know, they'll find their way home. It's like it's like the, the you know, your adopted dog that you're like, I'm sure he'll find his way home. He'll be fine. That's is it right. kind of that way, the more kids you have? From what we understand, like our older siblings look at the mother and father we had. And right. Like that was not mom and dad. Like they were very strict. And mm. You were home at six, oh, yeah. and by the time we came along, it's it's like that Monty Python where she gives birth in the kitchen. Like, can you get that one, dear? <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay. Did you all have different rules for yourselves as people? Like, there's such a different, like, such an age gap between the first to the thirteenth. So, was there just like different tasks that you were put to do, or different like responsibilities that you had as youngsters, mm -hmm. or like how did you, how did he like, or, and how did your parents just delegate you guys as people to do stuff and to Not keep very track well. of you? Not very well because we complained we're about everything. Bitching. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I don't want to do the dishes. Yeah. Okay, I'll just do it. How well, do you do the dishes? <laughs> you heat water on the stove. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pour it in a bucket and you soap. Like the pioneers. Like camping. It was like camping in a cabin. Sarah, you keep a super tidy home. You do too, Ruth. I haven't spent as much time at your home as I have at Sarah's, but having to live with 
uh, 12 grown men in a tour bus, uh, <laughs> when I get home, I'm, and Taz would tell you the same thing, I'm anal. I'm like, anything left out, I'm just, like, it has to be perfect. And I think that comes from the amount of control I don't have living with, like, 15 people. It's just, like, living with that many people in a confined space, everything's going to be messy all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that, did, did you contract that same uh, anal um, retentive disease that I have? <laughs> Yes. From that situation? I know it happened to me. Because we all slept in this, you know, we we started with the 20 by 20 cabin, then we built an addition, which I don't know how big that was. 12 by 16. 12 by 16. So we we all moved into the loft of that. The kids, and there were seven of us sleeping up there at that time, and we had little foam pads with our sleeping bags on it. But it would just become this disgusting mess up there. Mm. You know, we had wood heat, so that generates a lot of dust. And so I would spend all... Saturdays and Sundays sometimes is cleaning that up just to have a little bit of order and control. So yeah, uh, I totally do that in my life now. Like everything has a spot I want it in it. Yeah. If my house is clean, I'm fine. <laughs> Seriously. I, I think, listen, clean house, clean, clean mind. I think yeah. it's a reflection for sure. Um, the, granted it's not mutually exclusive. I don't, I think there's plenty of people who are peaceful folk who aren't as tidy as I am or as you are, but I definitely think it's a reflection. Um, so, uh, you, you live in this space. How did your older siblings live there for 11 years or did they like graduate and leave town and then the space got a little bigger because less folk were in it? Yeah, that was kind of an organic process. Like the older two who are in their twenties, they decided they didn't like this and they went back to San Diego and then right away right away like, like the cabin winter. was finished dad and david came to blows over building the cabin because uh. my dad's like that's good enough we got to get in and david's a perfectionist so you know there was some conflict over that and i think david hit the road right away as soon as we were all situated mm-hmm. yeah and then our sister Jeannie never lived there. She never. She was 17 when we left California, and we left her there. She didn't want to come and be a part of this, so she stayed behind. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was, I feel like, you know, when I started getting into my teens and, like, going through puberty, I started getting, uh, I started exploring new things, my sexuality, drugs, alcohol, all those, all those interesting things. Did you guys have access to that? Did you guys, like... Did you guys know what any of that stuff was? Were you guys, like, how were you guys developing as people going in, like, through puberty and exploring your own selves as people? What, what, yeah, you what can't, we can't like? bring a boy home to that. No. It's like seven, your older <laughs> brothers in the same room. It was yeah. too humiliating. Yeah, no privacy whatsoever. Oh, so wow. there, yeah. And, yeah, and any little bit of anything you tried to express about having a crush or anything, you'd get tormented oh, yeah. by Did everybody else. Did you have else. them even? Or oh, what? heck yeah, but they were private and... <laughs> Yeah, you only did that once, and then you got ripped to shreds. Did you journal a lot? Like, how did yeah. you keep secrets? That's what I did. You I wrote write a journal. Yeah. Did you, Ruth? No, I just sucked it up and you just, yeah, you just suppressed it all. You just buried it deep inside, and then you work it out on people's bodies like, when they're in your massage chair. Yeah. Were you guys talking as siblings? Did you guys have like? Uh, relationships where you felt comfortable enough to tell each other those secrets, or was it just like, don't say shit to anybody, just like That's keep right. it? Yeah, to don't yourself. say shit to anybody. Why? Because, yeah. Well, we, I mean, I didn't do it to my brothers either. I wouldn't tell them shit yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Well, there wasn't a lot of opportunity really to do any of that or anything because during the school year, you rode the bus to school and you rode at home. There was no extracurricular anything. The only time you got to go to town was maybe on the weekend if you were the lucky one and got to go and do the laundry at the laundromat on Saturday and maybe get to go to the grocery store. But besides that, for the first five, six, seven, eight years we were there, that was our life. Because we couldn't drive. There were no extra cars. There was no way to do anything. And it was 20 miles out of town. So there's... Why no extracurricular activities? Just say we couldn't. How get, you we get couldn't home? get to them. Yeah, it was oh. either ride the bus or you stayed in town. So there was no way mom and dad could come get you from. Town. How did how did you get supplies and groceries? Saturday, there was yeah, yeah, one day a week. What? They would go to town and how? Just we had a car and we had a, yeah. Go do oh. all the laundry. Go the, do the shopping. Gotcha. And that was it. Wow. And our mom worked. And we, when we, mom and dad had a deal when we got there that 
when the money ran out, one of them was going to go to work. And whoever could find a job making the most money would be the one who would go to work. And mom found a job at the nursing home for like a dime more an hour than dad could get working at the mill. So she's like, see you later. I'm out of here. (laughs) But she must have been elated. Oh, I think mom was more than ready to get out. And plus, like we had to get in so much wood just to make it through the winter that there were these chores that mom probably couldn't have done. So, you know, it was like 17 cords of wood we had to get in during the summer just to make it through the winter. You know, so, you know, there was some heavy lifting to do. And I think that it was more appropriate for a dad to stay home. So, yeah. Did you look up to your parents back Mm -hmm. in those days? Oh, totally. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. We had the most stable. I mean, it was kind of a crazy experience that we were having. But mom and dad, there was never a doubt that they weren't going to be there, that we weren't going to have. I mean, we were always going to be fed. And it was just absolutely 100% stable we saw him fight i remember one time i remember once or twice it's traumatic it was so traumatic because once yeah it was so everything of course was made out of logs and they would swell and shrink with the season so it was springtime i think and everything was (laughs) swelling up in the in front of the front door the door would open and the door would stick to the floor and mom was trying to get out to go to work and it stuck to the floor on the wrong day and she's like john if this fucking thing sticks to the floor when i get home i'm leaving and never coming back she screams this at dad and we're all like mom's never coming home dad pulls out the chainsaw and chops off the bottom of the door like that oh savage wow we all scattered into the woods for the day we're like mom's never what are we gonna do? do? <laughs> they, and, they, and you were never, you were never, or did you get? Were you able to talk to them about their relationship and if it was always strong and tight? Because they stayed together through their whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Through through the whole the yeah. whole situation. Yeah, I think it had a, its ups and downs, like any relationship. Sure. Yeah, yeah but they but, stayed. But like the whole it, Catholic thing, like my dad was very dominant early on because that's what is what you do. Uh-huh. The men makes the decisions and everything. But towards the end, she was like trying to shed those shackles, mm. and there were some some not so good times with her asserting her independence. And Dad, who's just was like the sweetest, easygoingest guy, didn't was like, "Who are you?" You know, mm. it, it got rough there at the end. Yeah, yeah, he loved her like yeah more than anything, and. Like she wanted to leave Washington. She was like, I'm done with this shithole. I want to go to Albuquerque. I want to move out of here. And she's like, I'm leaving with or without you. So, which she knew this was dad's world. Yeah, he loved it here, the trees and all that. Mm. And she knew Albuquerque wouldn't wouldn't be a good fit. But she's like, I don't care if you're coming or not, I'm leaving. So, you know, we knew it was kind of a struggle then, but he went. Where did they both grow up? Uh, Dad grew up in outside of. Minneapolis, right? Well, in Waseca, Minnesota. Just yeah, okay. And mom was in the cities, Nebraska. Oma? Oh, wow. Oma? No, no. Uh, oh, great! Now you put me. On the spot. <laughs> I can't think of it. That's all right. What? And why San Diego? Was your father in, in the Navy? They were both in the Air Force. That's where they met. But that's not why they ended up in San Diego. I mean, San Diego's tight. I would go to San Diego. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't I'm not know sure why. Why, how they ended up in San Diego, but they, they got married in the service and then both got discharged. And so they were just traveling to see her parents in Nebraska. And it was so miserable, just the weather and then the whole scene, because they'd been out and had seen the world and it was like, ugh. It's like, for one nickel, I'd move to California right now or something. Yeah, California California back in <laughs> back in those days must have been epic. Like there's portions of California now that I'm you know, I take it or leave it. But like, man, California back when I would have met what what would that have been? The forties, fifties? In the fifties must have been so sick. Mm-hmm. Cruising over, especially if you're from Wisconsin or like the middle of America, yeah. you cruise over, you see like the coastline coming up. Uh, from LA to San Diego or like where Steve's from Santa Barbara that must have been like I can't believe this is America yeah. Yeah. it's just it's, even too coming to Washington like you go to from 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 like Seattle and the coast 
over to the middle of Washington, which is like a completely different mm-hmm. plane and, and, and vibe and look. And then you get over to this side of the state as well, and you've got Idaho and Coeur d'Alene. You're hop, skipping a jump from Montana. And then you go to like the Dakotas or you go to some of the <laughs> like middle of America. God bless anybody who's from those parts of the world who's listening to this. But it's vastly different. It's just a different place. And yeah. man, seeing that must have been epic. It's being Lewis and Clark cruising over, just like, <laughs> oh man, what's that? seeing all the th- shit that those cats must have seen. Or, I know. or probably the people who were actually tra- like doing the traveling saw before they like went back three miles to get Lewis and Clark and were like, hey, it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever that must have been was probably super epic. So um, your you stay, did you both graduate from the same high school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Did you go to school together? I was four years ahead of her, so. Okay, so yeah. you didn't really. I didn't like happen. Sarah till like, how old's Avery? 15 minutes ago. 26 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Because you both had yeah. kids close to the same yeah. age. Yeah. Growing up, Ruth and our brother John were really tight. And I was tight with my, my brother, Tom. And so we kind of had these little, you know, clicks, clicks in the family. So, mm. you know, I always admired Ruth and mm. John. Like, they were so cool. And, mm. you know, we'd try to always listen in on their stuff and horn in on whatever they were doing. But they were always like, get out of here. What kind of, what kind of music were you listening to, Ruthie, at that time in high school? What was your vibe? Oh, high school. Mm-hmm. You know, just the 80s crap. I still love it. Like we Cindy Lauper and Madonna. She's and a huge Elton John Elton. fan. <gasps> oh, we were trying to, me and Julian, yeah. on the drive over here, because we like to sing a song for our guests, you know, when they come in. And one. we <laughs> ended up singing Proud to be an American. Great choice. Um, but we were like, we should, we, I guarantee they love some 80s. Weren't you into The Cure, Sarah, oh, growing yeah. up? And Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode, that. Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. vibe. Mm-hmm. Did you wear, were you goth? No. Not at all. I had big curly, you know, long permed oh. hair. Yeah, yeah, did you have yeah. big old yeah. bangs? Oh, yeah, you know, the oh. kind that yeah. Were, yeah, stood way up like that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Look, awesome. Looking like Rip Curl, the People logo. People talk a lot of shit about the 80s. Would you guys also talk shit about the I 80s? I mean, it wasn't a good great. decade, but I love it because it was my decade. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. not good about it, you well, reckon? just like you look at it now and it's like, oh. Bad taste. Just looked bad. Doesn't everything feel that way? Nostalgia, except I feel like anything like younger than forty years away always feels just like ugh. That could be. Yeah. To me, like decades, and I'm like, oh, like '90s were. I don't know. '80s just have this bad, this bad rap. Yeah, they seem extra bad. Yeah. Just like, (laughs) dude, what about the 2000s? Have you gone back and watched? There's a CNN documentary, right? They do like the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, the Mm -hmm. 2000s. Bro, it's like pretty much just a montage of Bill Gates jumping over chairs. Yeah. And the the shirts and the shit that it's terrible. You look back at the 2000s, the 2010s. It's just going to be all face tattoos. We're going to look back on that and be like, this Where's is yours? absurd. I've been thinking about getting one. If I got a face tattoo, what do you think? Where, where, where location should I get it? Anybody? 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 Chin. Under like your the beard. crack of your chin. Right here. Up top, yes, right, right in the right middle. Right here, yeah. I should just get the, oh man, what was the mass murderer guy that carved the swastika in his head? Anybody? Oh, Charlie, Charlie Manson. Manson. Yeah, Charlie Manson. Thanks. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get that, but that was... Balls. Yeah, don't. All right. I would bad idea, Gene. All right, let's get, let's get this goddamn conversation back on track, you scums. Look, jeez, <laughs> all right. I, I had I had a question about uh, like the way that you guys talk about uh, your childhood and your upbringing in this like retrospective way that's kind of just like funny and humorous and lighthearted. I can't imagine that that's actually the truth. Was there a lot of or was it? Was it just fun? No, Did you it guys was just hard. fully enjoy it? And because as you guys have been talking about, it, it's kind of just been like, this is, it was, you know, we, we had a fucking, we didn't have a toilet. <laughs> like, it was, I can't, I fucking. It's funny have, now. I didn't it have any of that. Then. Yeah. But like, so I guess, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, uh, uh, you are now full grown adults and you've had kids, you've, you've raised full grown adults yourselves. What do you wish you knew then that you know now? If you could have gone, if you could go back to those to times. appreciate like, my parents more. Yes. <laughs> mm. and, you, yes. And, you, and you didn't because why? Because you're a kid. 
Uh-huh. Kids. I don't think do anybody not ever does appreciate yeah. their parents. Uh-huh. They make you do hard things. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and did that come through having your own kids, or just for be, be, being an adult and, and understanding how difficult it is to survive? I think having my own kids has really like cued me into just how awful kids can be in terms of unappreciative and yeah, yeah. And it's not that we were bad; we were just being kids, right? But you don't learn to respect what they were going through to stand yeah. in there till you've had kids and go, Oh, mm-hmm. did you, do you have a greater respect for them? Because you both have two kids. Do you have a greater respect from them thinking, man, two times 18. That's about how many kids were in my household. <laughs> Does that come into your perspective when you think about them raising a family? We must. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't, don't know, know how, how they, they yeah. How they escaped that with any sanity left. I don't. Cause the two I have are challenging mm. and take everything you got. Mm. So, yeah. And I don't know how they did it, really. Well, I think we probably didn't get all we got, all we needed either. Yeah. Because there was so many people to take care of. Yeah. Like food, shelter, and then emotions, mm. emotional needs were way down there at did the bottom. You, yeah. Did your older siblings play that role ever in uh, uh, counselor, therapist, uh, shoulder to lean on much? Not for me, really. They did a lot for, like, caregiving. Mm. And, you know, they were so much older they could take care of us. But I didn't, I didn't feel like we ever had any really emotional support. No. Mom didn't have emotions. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yes, she did. <laughs> you say, "Mom, remember didn't have the emotions? door incident?" She was very angry. Yeah, no, no, she, no, she did. Yeah, she just didn't. I don't know. I just don't think she had time to tend to that piece of herself very much. So yeah. we didn't learn how to do much of that for ourselves. Do you feel like your dad me. was more uh, the, the emotional caregiver? To me, in my life, he was who was more tender and available that way. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. You guys, but he was there. Like mom was gone because she was working. So how many hours? How many hours a week she worked? Forty. Probably at least. At least. Yeah. 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 So she would. She'd probably. She. We would go to school, and she'd still be sleeping, and then she'd be gone by the time we got home, and we'd be in bed before she got home. So we didn't see her a lot. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was mostly Mm -hmm. dad that was there cooking for us, and you know, cleaning and forcing us to do the chores. What did you cook on? Did you cook on like an open fire? (laughs) You didn't have a toilet. You didn't have running water. Like, what did you cook? Did you? Was just? Did you have a microwave? Come on, come on. We were, yeah, we were at least five well, miles. Well, the oven was kind of like a microwave. <laughs> 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 Do you guys have a George Foreman up there yeah. at the cabin? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, we had we had a wood stove that would heat, right? And then we had a a cook stove, like an old fashioned cast iron cook stove with an oven and warming drawers and stuff. So we but that would be heated by wood. Wood, everything was yeah. wood. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then during the summer when we couldn't burn fire because you didn't want to start a forest fire, we would cook. Dad would cook on just a camping stove, a Coleman camping stove. Yeah, yeah. my my mom cooked for us exclusively. My dad, I never, I don't even know if he ever made a peanut butter jelly sandwich for me growing up. And she had a few dishes. I remember chicken Alfredo. Oh man, my mom made a bomb chicken Alfredo. Still to this day, like I have such a soft spot for grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup (laughs) what was like your pop's Mm. meal what was the meal that your dad made you that now you look back on you just still have a little twinkle in your eyes when you pass it in the old gross grows (laughs) well we only had like four different meals because he quit cooking anything that we wouldn't all eat so oh my god (laughs) i didn't even think about that the few times he tried to make us eat something (laughs) Oh, this one here <laughs> didn't go well. No, that shepherd's pie stuff. We called it hamburger pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, one uh, of the biggest was... traumas of my growth. and the rest of us yeah, watching you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so I'd had this fight with my mom, which mm. I, I don't know, some hissy fit, and so she left to work all upset. And Dad decided that the reason that I was having these emotional outbursts is because I didn't eat proper. 
a proper diet. So he's like, we're starting tonight, and I'm making some hamburger pie, which is some mashed potatoes, green beans, and ground beef with some gravy on it. Oh, I get some DoorDash, get some of that in my mouth right now. That sounds tasty. It wasn't. Not with some canned green beans. Like, those were the most disgusting things in the world. So he's like, you're eating this. Mm. I'm like, I'm not eating that. And he's like, if you want to do anything with the rest of your life, you're eating that. And I'm like, I'm not eating that. He literally, like, force fit held you down yeah oh yeah. tied you to the chair yeah i'm crying and oh. i'm gonna barf he's like can you barf that up you're oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what were the four meals that he would rock and were any of them good Those, that did not make the list no no the shepherd's pie got tossed out quick he made spanish rice the next night which was That's equally nice. horrendous no, no not nice julian yeah. no yeah. no so, was, yeah. now what that now, was the end of the trying to make us eat anything beyond the four dishes so it was uh spaghetti cheese. oh yeah grilled cheese with nancy reagan cheese yeah commodities mm. oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah some mm-hmm. of that american singles mm-hmm. and spaghetti spaghetti and if if it was a day he went to town to get groceries he'd bring back a hot dogs and chili beans because we didn't have refrigeration yeah we didn't have any so we had refrigeration to eat all the spoiling so. stuff you didn't have refrigeration no. see this is what no. i was saying yeah like, we this... should probably describe this place a little yeah better. please give yeah. us that you didn't have refrigeration <laughs> you didn't have a toilet you told me when we camp we went camping a few weeks ago you're like al i shot in a bucket until i was like 24 years old i might be exaggerating that <laughs> yeah. but like you shot in a bucket for bucket a long part. time yes same bucket yeah. Well, we had two buckets. Two separate two, buckets. Two iterations. The first one was a three-gallon paint can or paint bucket. Yeah. White, you know, round. Uh-huh. The second one <laughs> was a four-gallon <laughs> square bucket that our sister Jeannie, she came up to visit, and it was dark, and she went out, and she just saw the first bucket and peed in it. It was actually, like, laundry soaking. She came back in and she goes, you guys finally got a human-sized slot bucket. <laughs> We're all looking at each other like, what's she talking about? <laughs> that bucket out there. <laughs> 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 it's like yes yeah we can have this bucket that we could actually get off of because the other one was short this one was tall oh dude so she christened the first bucket on accident oh thank yeah. god for genie right um funny and though. that was what like a tide like powder bucket you know the, yeah. from costco another, like paint painter's bucket but it was square and four gallons instead of the round short three it oh and it and that how was that like oh, a God. career? Like how long was of a career did those two buckets have? Well, let's say let's tell why we had it. So yeah. we, <laughs> so we we were we were five miles from the nearest electricity or anything. So we were we had to rely on ourselves for entertainment. So our dad would read to us every single night. Like yeah, we'd sit down. He would read either what he was reading or something we had checked out from school. So he he read everything. He read us this book called The Wolfen, and <laughs> t- terrifying, right? <laughs> These wolves that are smarter than people and they're gonna try to kill you at every turn. So he reads us this book. He reads us The Shy like all these scary things and then we're like dad will you go to the outhouse with me i'm too afraid so he'd have to step out and go to the outhouse with us all of us and yeah. we never went at the same time and so he got sick of that so he's like we're gonna have a bucket you guys can just step out and use this so that's where the slot bucket came from because he'd read us these terrifying stories that and was he didn't want to go to the outhouse anymore was the outhouse like a like one of the you know plastic honey buckets that you oh, see no. at Coachella or it was like just a wooden box with a hole in the ground. Yep, we dug a hole and dad built a Little, yeah, just a little. Was there a seat on it, or were you just oh, kind of yeah. hovering above, hoping to aim and hit the hole? Well, there was a seat. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. were pretty backwoodsy, but we we had. A yeah. Seat. Okay. I mean, yeah. We, God, we weren't. <laughs> we weren't animals. <laughs> <Adam. laughs> <laughs> we ate spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we can't talk about the salt, but can I tell it, please? Sure. Unless you want to tell. No, I'm not. You have to know. This is, it's the best slot bucket story. Please, come on. This was the round version, not the square. Okay, make sure you eat that mic so we can really get the, oh, okay. get the hear the ins and outs of the well, slot bucket story. it's probably not as funny to you guys as us, but so you just reach out the door and grab the slot bucket and put it into, and then go in the corner by the door. 
<laughs> Nobody look over here. I'm yeah, going. I'm going pee. Don't look. A dump. Would you like? Would you face the corner like a dunce no, cap? Or you put your you... butt to the corner. <laughs> Send everything. I mean, modesty look everything for God's sake. Right. Of course. Of course. Sorry. <laughs> so Sarah thought it would be funny because she figured out inadvertently that if you pushed your butt down in the bucket and then pulled it back out, it'd make like a farting. Ah, uh, yeah, dude. Classic <laughs> fart noises. <laughs> Hearts are funny. They're Hearts hilarious. Are funny. <laughs> so she, she started getting into it like, and then all of a sudden she stopped because she created a suction. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the story. I'm laughing at Ruth. <laughs> she didn't get off. <laughs> this make sure that we have know exactly where this story is so you guys <laughs> just picture sarah with a bucket on the back of her ass walking around like a turkey <laughs> oh that's great um yeah i bet you never made fart noises with a never. bucket before no so humiliated another trauma that one no right was this in the middle of the night so you had no. to like wake everybody up Oh no! Right in the middle of daytime. It's the evening. It's probably during dinner or something. Right. <laughs> had too much shepherd's pie. Too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm eating that. <laughs> this is what I think of your spaghetti, Dad. <laughs> um. So. So, like, how is you know in high school? High school is such an interesting time of our lives, but I would imagine for girls, like middle school and high school is a complete, obviously it's a completely different experience for everybody, but specifically for females, I would imagine it's completely different than what I experienced. Um, so you like, you're saying like it was pretty hard to have friends over to our house. Like what was your social life in high school and middle school? It was like, just your siblings pretty much or did you go did you go to the bowling alley and find a bucket and do some suction noises yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. that's a good story i'm glad you told okay. it because it's one of the classics it comes up all the time <laughs> the only people that really ever came over were the other kids that lived in our on our road. Uh, like I tried to invite a friend over one time and it did happen. That's yeah, that's another good story. Uh, yeah, but it was just too mortifying cuz it was so weird so, the way we lived was seemed so outside the box. It was like Were you uh, we to have go to other kids houses. Oh yeah, yeah. if you yeah. wanted to, but uh, yeah. did that happen very they often? They might have shepherd's pie. They might have shepherd's pie, <laughs> so I can't go there. Yeah, yeah and yeah, they only no. got a two-gallon bucket. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna plug up their toilet. I need at I least a four. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, so, uh, man, um, I mean, I guess you know we were talking. We we interviewed uh, our friend Jess Walter, and Sarah, so, you know Jess. Um, Ruth, I'm not sure if you know Jess I've as well. Him, yeah, legend of a human. But he, his, he got his eye poked out when he was young, and we were, con you know, as as two-eyed <laughs> human beings, we were like, man, what that must have been like is like insane. He goes, well, I don't really have any other reference, so I don't know what it's like. To, right. I can't tell you like, oh, it was this and then this, um, and it must be that same way with this experience you guys had growing exactly. up in this one yeah. room cabin where we we're like, you didn't know, you didn't have Nickelodeon. You didn't know, what, did you, what did you do? Exactly. <laughs> at, the, at the same time, you both are like s smart, emotionally uh, available people who have like a sense of self way more than most people I know. So, like, how does that happen? How do you get that when you don't have emotional support growing up, when you don't have, like, each other to kind of rely on, when you're just a, in a 
20 by 20 with 166 people. Like, what, what's going on? How do you get there? I don't think that was necessarily our childhood because um, I feel like we gained that by um, getting pulled into the Chihuahua community mm. and that whole group of people. Mm. A lot of self-help books. Yes. <laughs> well, you also <laughs> both had kids really young. Yeah, and having you kids. You two, Yeah. Well, I was 24. Okay, that's young. Mm -hmm. I'm 10 years older than that yeah. now. and I. Yeah, Julian's 44, and he doesn't even have yeah. a puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> uh, but you had, you had a kid when you were 19 yeah. and 24, mm -hmm. which is both, both ages are pretty young. That kind yeah. of forced you into adulthood. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Kids have a lot of needs and emotional needs. And but that doesn't necessarily make you become like emotionally available with yourself doesn't give you a sense of self or does it does that like push you into kind of getting a, an understanding of who you are because of your need to create a human life not for me no it's been a process of, of discovery yeah both of our girls are you know could have used a mother that could have been a little more tender and emotionally available, you know. So it, I, I didn't figure it out yet. How were you but supposed I'm to, though? Like, I, what, I don't know. What were you doing? What was, what was it like having kids right away when you did for both of you guys? It's hard. Yeah. What, what was your, really where, were you, where were you at in your life? Had you graduated high school? Were you, like, working jobs? Were you just broke, destitute? Did you have support from anybody? Yeah, I just graduated high school. Well, I'd been out almost two years, and Paul and I just ended up getting pregnant. So, well, let's just do this. And, yeah, we were totally poor, making like $700 a month and <laughs> trying to make ends meet. And, you know, I just stayed home. And, it, yeah, it was just it was just getting through it is kind of how it felt, yeah. you know. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Right. So why did you even decide to do it then? I it just <laughs> they were horny. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, but why yeah. did you decide? I guess to keep it because it was just oh. it, it was was it an option to not? Uh, not for me. It was. I didn't even consider not keeping uh -huh. it. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah. This is what you, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I'll, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it gave me a path too. Like at that point, you know, at 18, 19, you're like, what am I supposed to do with myself? I don't. I don't have any plans. I'm mm. not. You know. And then here it was like, oh, this is something for me to do. This is what I'll do. And yeah. so I think about you and and Paul a lot, Sarah, especially after I had my son, uh, because I had Rudy late in life, and um, I had a lot of years to just fuck about. And not answer to anything or anybody and have absolutely no self-discipline or responsibility. And I got to the point where I had a child and I was like, oh, like self-discipline is actually helpful for me in my life. And, right. and I can actually achieve things and get things done and be proud of the work I'm doing because, because of self-discipline. And having a person to be self-disciplined for is helpful, right? If, yeah. you, if you have another human being who relies on you, especially a baby, that teaches you a lot. And I think, I think back on, I don't think back on it because I didn't know you guys back then, but I think about the age that you had kids at and there's a portion of me that, that wonders like, man, I wonder how, like where I'd be if I would have had kids early mm -hmm. and how... I don't know, farther along is the right term, but what type of man I'd be. Because just now, in my 30s, I'm learning the importance of self-discipline, and I'm learning the, 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 the joys of working hard and setting goals and trying to achieve them. And, and I think that's because of my son. Like, I have something to work for now, whereas before it was just like working for myself. Mm -hmm. And myself, uh, as, as narcissistic as I sound and seem, I'm, it, it's tough to work for yourself. You're just like, yeah, whatever. This video game needs beaten, you know? Um, I, there's not really a question in there, but I, but it, I, I wanted to express that because I'm not sure if I have expressed that to you before, that, I, that when you look back at having kids early, obviously your, kid, your, your daughters are incredible. Your, your sons, Ruth, are amazing human beings. You did an incredible job on it. Having them early on accident, like having Avery as an what some people would call an accident. It's not an accident because you're practicing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, do you look back on that and you're like, man, thank God, because that gave me some. That gave me a pivot point. That gave me like some direction in my life. 
Is that, yeah, is that I, happening? I feel like that because now Paul and I are in our mid-40s and we built all this infrastructure that's given us some equity to get now go like yeah. do what we're about to go do now, which is super exciting and super fun. Yeah, and if we'd just been out wandering around not having much focus, who knows where yeah, we would have been. Oh, my God. Right. I'm thinking like when I have kids out of the house, I'm going to be geriatric and have sunspots all over my <laughs> arm and be like, I think I'll just play some golf. <laughs> I'm not going to have the same. I got all my willies out in my 20s, and they were, I can't remember any of them. Yeah. Um, but and just to add to that, like, yeah. I know what you're saying about being older, and it's a trade off. Like, I would have been a way better mother if I had been in my 30s. Ah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, good you, point. You've Me learned too. patience more. You maybe know yourself better. So mm. it's not always just this reactionary crap that you mm. get when you're mm. 24 trying to deal with a newborn and you don't know what to do and wow, you're just yeah. frustrated and tired and scared all the time. Yeah. And potentially broke. That was the one yeah, thing about broke. like choosing to have, like I get, I got to choose when I had a child. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, um, definitely some scares there, but, uh, I, we, we intentionally had a baby mm-hmm. and, you know, I was relatively financially secure, which if you dive deep into anything, there's no security in anything. Yeah. But I felt financially secure, and I would imagine, yeah, there's so many integers that I'm not thinking about. So when I'm a parent, I I hearken back to how I was raised and how I interacted with my folks and and the things that seemed to work for me when I was a kid. What portions, and then there's also things I'm just like, I'm never going to do that. Right. Like that's not going to happen. Um, what portions of your childhood experience up in that cabin out in Narnia uh, <laughs> do you like look back and you and you brought to the table when raising your daughters? Did you do any of that intentionally, or did it just kind of happen? Were there things that you were like, mm, like the slop bucket? We're definitely using a six gallon. That's not, <laughs> you know, we're gonna not gonna be a hole in the ground. We're gonna get like what were those things that you were able to take from? the way you were raised and then I think the biggest thing I got um or did was I just wasn't so like rules rules driven it was more like personal responsibility you know Mm. because our parents were always that way it's like mom can I go shoot heroin well sure you can but this and this and this might happen but it's your decision yeah that's what your folks were like or that's what 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 they were like Ah. by the time we came to us that's the way they were it was like you get to make your decision these are the consequences Mm. and you can decide yeah Yeah, i would say like maybe don't shoot first maybe like (laughs) get a straw they did say that but they said it but it's your decision so it feels like it's like like maybe the senior year of no um and so you were a little less regimented in or as long as they were like you know weren't playing with butcher knives or something it's like they're just kids they're just gonna do their thing they don't have to you know be lorded over every yeah. second mm. yeah we both did that we we raised our kids together that's what happened we ended up on the same piece of property in in, uh, in addy washington by your dad's old church yeah, yeah, right in the back of my church. dad's yeah. church which we, yeah. when paul was on the cast we were talking about how strange it is that we never met i never met any of your kids that I remember, mm-hmm. and we were this close to each oh, other. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. That's so bonkers. I, we were having dinner with some friends last night. We we're talking about the delicacy of where life brings you when it brings you there. Like, um, Sarah, we met Paul from the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and uh, we were living out in the middle of nowhere in Chewila and Taz was out there and she just had the minerals to like go to some random place in town. And that connection sparked like, we've learned so much from you guys. We've brought so many, uh, lessons from your marriage into our marriage and, and, and your, your, your daughters are close friends of ours. And it's like, it could have been, it, it was that that fragile that like they would have just been like, I'm just going to go to this other place. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to safe. I'm going to make my own coffee. Mm -hmm. Why am I going to pay for like me and Julian's friendship? The same thing. There's like these connections in this web that we cultivate in life is so delicate. And it's based upon these like minor, minor choices that, wow, it's fun to think about sometimes, but scary. Yeah. 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 Like what didn't you do? What didn't I do? Mm -hmm. I could have been president. (laughs) God, that would suck. Um, 
Uh, thank you guys so much for sharing your experience, for letting us in a little bit. Um, do you, I think the world of both of you ladies, like you're beyond fun to hang out with. You um, are in, incredible friends. And uh, uh, I think the world of you. Thank you so much. When are you guys writing your book? By the way, I've heard I've heard rumors about the. Uh, it, also, too, I wanted to know what what is your what's your maiden name? Brozik. Brozik is yeah. your maiden name. Okay, so when are we writing the the family tale of the Brozik Enterprise? Well, maybe soon. Maybe soon. Mm-hmm. If there's any ghost writers out there talking about ghost writers out here, no, you, know, Jess you said you were going to write a book last time. I last time we were hanging out. Now we I were know. we had a few tequilas, I s- but I said it. Could be a possibility. Well, we hope you I, do, man. That, that's a great story that should be you're told. You're retired. Well, I'm not retired. <laughs> Write a goddamn book, Ruth. <laughs> yeah, it's Ruth. In you. It's there. It's just not easy. It's, I know, but you got it. You have to. You have to. You have to tell this story far beyond where we've just touched. We, we'd be thrilled to hear about it. And we also, there also might be a little second uh, chance at promoting to our 340 fans that are watching Ooh. this podcast. <laughs> Sell out. some books, dude. Um, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Ruth, so much for being on the podcast. Thanks you guys are legends. We love you. Yeah, yeah. Love Thanks you for listening, too. guys. Bye. Because I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the man who died who gave that right to me. And I'll gladly stand up next to you in the fanner still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. Love this land. God bless the USA. Did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire live at the lodge family. Yep. Yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out. Patreon.com slash live at the lodge.